When I think about the playoffs, my nipples get hard. You are locked on fantasy basketball, your daily podcast on fantasy basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball. The preseason, five, six days away, I guess, at, at this uh, current time of, of me uh, broadcasting this show. So NBA basketball is coming. Media days, nearly all of those are in the book. Obviously, the standard things, we're going to play fast. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm taking threes now. You know, Trying to pass that information and, and work out what's actually important from it is key when we're looking at our fantasy drafts. There's lots for us to talk about, and I think you guys are going to be coming with those questions on today's show as we do a live mailbag. Michael Bolton is also here, so let's get to it. To it. I thought at this point we might have a resolution in the Jimmy Butler trade scenario. That isn't the case yet. Um, apparently, we're looking at tomorrow, maybe, but as that deadline Tuesday for Butler to uh, to be traded to another team. But some interesting things that have come out in in the last uh, day or so. Um, uh, if it's a Zubats, you know, potentially looking at getting some minutes there in center, at center in LA. If he could get 24 minutes a night, he would be a standard league type player. Also, revelations that LeBron has apparently admitted to Jay Crowder, of all people. I suppose they played uh, with Cleveland last season, that he is going to be playing a lot of the five this season. Um, lots of hype about some of the rookies, especially guys like um, uh, Mitchell Robinson in New York. A lot of praise for John Isaac. And it makes me think that Isaac is going to be starting at small forward for the uh, for the Magic this season. Um, so was, there's there's lots of interesting uh, lots of interesting stuff uh, happening in terms of you know uh, I guess opinions or, or things that are going down uh, across the NBA landscape. What I'm going to be doing for the rest of this week, I'm going to have a show tomorrow talking about punting, the strategy of punting, what is punting, how you execute it, and then the day after that we'll be doing a head-to-head mock draft because that sort of ties in with head-to-head leagues and punting. The day after that to round out this week, I'm going to be having Greg Ehrenberg on. We're going to be doing season win totals going over/under on the uh, on the lines on the team win totals for the season. So you guys uh, can you yeah, tune in and uh, and check that out. Um, what else have we got happening in terms of news at the moment? Derek Favors and Andre Drummond, two big men who have come out and said they're going to be looking at taking three-pointers this season. Drummond's one seems really aggressive. Dwayne Casey's coming out, and yeah, maybe he takes three a game. That's just, it's not a huge amount, but it's a pretty decent chunk for a bloke who never took threes before. And I think we need to weigh that up. I think with Drummond this season, you're going to be looking at him as that guy that people are going to take in the second round because of what he did last season. But I think his assist numbers are going to drop with a full season next to next to Blake Griffin. And if he starts taking threes at, at that sort of rate, you know, 15, 20% of his shots and doesn't hit them at a high rate, then his overall field goal percentage will come down. And that's going to have a negative impact on his fantasy value. It could also reduce his offensive rebound ability, which we know he's the best rebounder in the NBA. But if you're taking more threes, and we've seen this happen with uh, with Nick Vucevic especially, the more threes that you take, the less rebounds that you get. Same with Blake Griffin because you're just not there contesting for the offensive rebound as much. So that could impact Drummond's value as well. So I'd be a little bit scared of looking at him as, as a second-round player. It could also impact his value in points leagues as well, but he's a far superior points league guy than what he is in categories leagues because of that free throw percentage. But it is something to bear in mind that if he is taking more threes, the field goal percentage might drop. 
and the rebound numbers might drop. So just bear that in mind when thinking about Andre Drummond for this coming season. All right, got some questions coming in now for you guys who are watching this live over on YouTube. Kemp Y, what are your thoughts on Cat and Wiggins with Butler getting the boot? Does it make Wiggins viable in 12 Cat leagues? I assume you mean 12 team leagues, um, but I'll go with that. If, and this is a quick uh, PSA, I guess, to people. If you're going to come and tell me I'm in an 11 Cat league, I'm in a 13 Cat league, I literally have no idea what you mean because there is a standard eight categories. There is a standard nine categories. There is no such thing as a standard 11, a standard 12 cat league. So I don't know what your extra three categories are. Are they field goals made, free throws made, shooting percentage, three-point percentage, offensive rebounds, assisted turnover ratio, team wins, ejections, fouls, technicals. I've got no idea what these extra categories are. So if you are going to ask me a question with, you know, I've got a 12 cat league, I need to know what these categories are. Otherwise, I've got no idea. But for you, Kempi, I'm going to assume that you mean a 12-team league. I think Wiggins was probably fine as a late-round pick in a 12-team league anyway, but as I've said many times, guys who suffer big drops in free-throw percentage, I put it nearly all squarely mentally and to do with an unhappiness with being on that team. I think that's what happened to Wiggins. So with Butler gone, I believe that Wiggins' free-throw percentage will jump back up into the mid-70s. Now, his ability to get rebounds and assists and steals and blocks, that's never been there through his career, but he could become a 20-point-per-game scorer again. The efficiency could rise back up. So I do think that Wiggins would have an increased value and Towns would, would pretty, you know, I think pretty solidly make himself as that number three player. He was the number three or four guy last year when Butler was out after the All-Star break because we know how shittily Tom Thibodeau used Towns last season with you know, all these shots. And rightly so, Butler's good, but giving them to Wiggins and T. But just taking an extra good player out of that mix means Towns going to be more aggressive offensively. We don't know who'd be coming back, but it's not going to be someone of the caliber of Jimmy Butler would be my guess. So yeah, it's... I think it would, it would solidify Towns at three, and it also would boost Wigo up uh, to be maybe a top 100 sort of a guy and a 20-point-per-game scorer. Um, let's have a look. K Cardi, because I'm guessing I'm going to save my punting question. When do you draft Simmons and in, when you draft Simmons and Embiid to start? I'm not really sure what that question means, so I'll uh, get back to you in a sec. Um, Jason Walsh, I picked Pau Gasol with my last pick. Should I drop him for Jakob Pertl? A 12-team head-to-head Yahoo, 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 Yahoo with no free throw percentage, but we have to play two centers. Um, yeah, look, obviously when you're looking at a last pick, you're looking for upside, and I don't think that Pau Gasol has any upside. Now, he'll still be valuable. He'll still he'll still be useful out there at times, but Pertl, if he gets to 24 minutes, his you know, value goes from, maybe he goes from 150 to 100, whereas Powell is, what, he's 120, and he goes to 140. Maybe he drops down. So I think that Pertl is probably the better option there as well. Um, Nathan Tan, Wiggins was ranked 119th, I think, the season before Jimmy Butler. Um, and he averaged 23 points per game with nothing else. That's, let, let's actually check that out because I will, uh, I'll double check that ranking for you because I've got Basketball Monster open in front of me. Let's check what Wiggins' ranking was in that season before Jim Butler arrived. He was the 86th ranked player and the 89th ranked player the year before that. He doesn't do huge amounts in those other categories. He's a strong, strong positive in points, almost a 1.5 standard score there. So that's a real positive. And then, you know, steals is right on average, threes right on average, and below average in the other categories. So he's not great, but getting points, especially getting points late, is very, very difficult. So that's where Wiggins' value is, is is and I think that he's probably a guy you'd look at at about pick 75, and that might seem counterintuitive for all the shit that I give Wiggins. But because finding 23 points per game from a player outside the top 50 is literally almost impossible, that's why Wiggins would jump 10, 15 spots from what his actual ranking might be in that type of scenario. 
Um, um, Bryzan Jones, my league is a bit elementary. All categories are plus one and turnovers are minus one. Yeah, that's not that's not a good point. Like I don't like points leagues in general. That's not a good points league. It really just means you want scorers and that's it. Like you you want someone who scores points and that's that's really about it. Um, uh, here we go. Constantine Lone. I own. I don't know. How would you? How would your player rankings change for a fourteen-team league with eleven cats? A standard nine plus three-point percentage and triple doubles. Does the three-point percentage category value or devalue guards? Well, it values good three-point shooters. That's that's really and triple doubles. I just ignore that category completely. Three-point percentage. It could be Carl Anthony Towns gets a boost because he's a forty percent three-point shooter. Um, some guards like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they're forty percent three-point shooters. Some of them aren't. Some of them are shit three-point shooters. So really, it doesn't have... The three-point percentage value gets spread across multiple multiple player types. Um, and for um, for reference, if I add three-point percentage to uh, to rankings, it, what it does, it changes things significantly. It puts Steph Curry up to number one. That's because of, of that percentage and such a big uh, standard score in that category. We're talking about him being a, a, a 3.5 Z score there. So he jumps up significantly. Kevin Love becomes a first round player, as does Kyrie and Paul George. Giannis drops, Jimmy Butler drops, Kyle Lowry jumps up, Westbrook drops, Devin Booker goes forward. But someone like Ben Simmons, who doesn't take any threes, well, it doesn't really change his value because if you're not taking any threes, it means you're either not hitting them or not missing them, so you get a zero in that category. So you're bang on average. Other guys who suffer a bit of a dip, Joel Embiid, Victor Oladipo, uh, Clay Thompson rises up pretty significantly. Bud Heald becomes maybe a top 35, 40 type of a player because of that uh, three-point percentage. Gaz Harris, big jump from him there as well. In that, um, in, in that sort of a three-point percentage category. But of course, you can check all this out over on Basketball Monster. Now, guys, I need to tell you that Locked On NFL is becoming everyone's favorite daily national NFL podcast. On Monday, it's the local experts on the biggest stories of the week. Tuesday, former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels joins Matt Williamson. And on Wednesday, it's Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus. Thursday, it's the great Mike Sando of ESPN. And Friday, you get Matt Williamson's pick. So make sure you are checking out Locked On NFL for all your NFL information. All right, let's go to the next question. Tons of questions coming in from you guys. This is awesome. Um, JaVale McGee, I'm assuming that's not the real JaVale, but if, if it is, shout out to you. Who should I pick in the fourth round of my head-to-head points draft? I have the fourth pick and our point system is based on stat averages, so player rankings make more sense. I don't actually understand what that means. What do you mean stat averages so player rankings make more sense? Um and in the fourth round, I've got literally no idea. It, it really is going to depend 100% on which sort of players go. So I don't understand what you mean. If you can elaborate what you mean by stat averages so player rankings make more sense, I'd like to know what that means. Jack Crawford, what do you think are the best one or two categories to punt in a 12-team head-to-head nine-cat league? I'll talk about this more on tomorrow's show, but it really just depends on what player you get in the first round. I could say that punting assists is great, but if you've got Russell Westbrook, then it's not great. So it really just depends on which player you've got. Jason Walsh, is Colin Sexton starting over George Hill this year? If he starts over George Hill to start this season, I would be very, very surprised. I don't think Sexton is very good. You've heard me say that plenty of times. And I don't think he's ever going to become very good. I think George Hill is solid. He's injury prone. He's old, yes. But I do not think that he will start the year starting over... uh, uh, Sexton will not start over George Hill to begin this season. Seb, you're watching from Long Beach, California. Never been to Long Beach, Seb, but... uh, Hope it, uh, it sounds nice. Maybe, maybe I'll go there next year when I'm uh, over in America. Thank Kenny says thank you. I say thank you to you too, Kenny. 
Cano wins. Do you see Spencer Dinwiddie and D'Angelo Russell sharing the court much this season? I think they will share it, but I don't know about much because there's a lot of players in that backcourt in Brooklyn. Karis LeVert is apparently wowing everybody. And I think Karis LeVert is very, very good. I think he's maybe the second or third best player on that team. So you've got Karis LeVert. You've got D'Angelo Russell. There's Spencer Dinwiddie. There's uh, Shabazz Napier. There's the blue swimmer, Alan Crabb. There's Jumpin' Joe Harris. And these are and some of those guys, Crabb and Harris can play at the three, as can LeVert. But there are a ton of guys there in that backcourt. Now, I get the feeling that Napier is not even going to be an every night part of the rotation. You're going to have Crabb and Russell starting with Levert and Dinwiddie off the bench, but it is going to be hard for Russell and Dinwiddie to be sharing the court for tons and tons of time. Time, And I think that Dinwiddie actually does get traded this season from Brooklyn. Jason Walsh, will Brogdon start as well? I believe that Brogo will start. I haven't had anything confirmed on that. He'll get around those 29 to 30 minutes per night, and I think he's a low upside fantasy guy that probably someone is, that I won't be looking at. Uh, Jahan Zeb Ali, I hope I pronounced that correctly. I'm definitely not going to pronounce the next uh, name correctly. Uh, best players to target with Harden in a 12-team head-to-head nine-cat league. Well, with Harden, you, your field goal percentage is probably in a hole already. So I, I really like Kevin Love there. Get those rebounding numbers up. You're probably going to be punting blocks in field goal percentage. Um, I, I wouldn't, you know, Harden's free throw percentage is pretty strong. I wouldn't be looking at, say, an Andre Drummond or a Rudy Gobert. I don't want to waste that category from Jim. I'd be looking at... Um, but what you can do, what I've done with Harden in the past, is get Harden, get Devin Booker in the second round, and then that gives you such a big free throw buffer that you can grab Gobert in that round three. So I think that's not a bad option to do there with Harden. This name, I cannot pronounce that because it is in Russian maybe, so I apologize to you. Who would you choose for fantasy, Dame or CP3? It's easily Damian Lillard, not even remotely close. 100 times out of 100, I would take Damian Lillard. Seb, when's the best time for playoffs to start and end in fantasy basketball? I'm a league manager and was wondering this. Okay, the best time for them, the playoffs to start. Oh, sorry. Well, let's go work from, work backwards. When's the best time for the playoffs to end? It is at latest the last Sunday in March. Now, this year that falls as the 31st. Next year, it's going to be like the 24th or something. The last Sunday in March is the default date I use. If you want to take it a week earlier and make it the 24th of March, that's fine. And then it all comes down to how many teams have you got in your league? How many weeks do you want the playoffs to go for? Do you want two-week matchups? Have you got four teams or six teams? But aim to finish it on that last Sunday of March and then work backwards as to when they start from there. Um. Adrian Baloki, you were in that draft I did yesterday, Adrian. Hey, Josh, I have Joshy Richardson in a lot of leagues. How do you think a hypothetical trade from Miami to Minnesota affects him? Well, his minutes will go up if he goes to Minnesota. There's no doubt about that. Um, uh, otherwise, you know, that probably increases his value because he will play more minutes. You know, he, he, will he get more touches? It doesn't really matter. He's not a high usage dependent player, but he probably would get a few more touches in a, in a Thibodeau system. So I think it would uh, probably benefit him in that sort of a scenario. Mason Boyce, hey Josh, I'm in a league which draft pick trading has allowed him in eight team leagues. So I'm thinking of trading for multiple first round picks. Um, okay, I don't, don't really see the see the question. Jonathan Wright, do you have any general advice for selecting keepers? For example, I have to choose two keepers from Jokic, Mitchell, Paul, Odipo, and Drummond, and I'm completely lost. Well, Jokic, it's a no brainer. That is a, as straightforward as it gets. If it's only two keepers. And there's so many things that, that come down with, with keeper leagues. And when we're talking about, do you have a, a penalty as for what round they were drafted? Because if you got Mitchell in round 13, then taking him and losing only your 13th round pick versus, say, uh, Chris Paul, who you'd lose a second round pick, well, it's an absolute no-brainer. I'd take Mitchell over Paul in any situation, but I'm just trying to give an example from those names that you use there. So, you know, if it's only two keepers and there's no round penalty, I just would look for the two best guys, which is Jokic and Oladipo in this situation. 
And that's the way that I would approach it. But it is going to come down to, do you have penalties? Is there, are there ramifications for which guy that you pick? And in some cases, say you've got, say you picked Oladipo in the ninth round last season, you've got Mitchell in the 13th round and you lose those rounds. Well, I'd consider keeping Oladipo and Mitchell. Even though Jokic is the best player there, you could throw him back out there, but then you still have your first round pick to take and maybe you get Jokic back because every other person in your league has kept their first round player. So you're the only player with a first round pick and you can just take Jokic back with that round one pick. Plus you've got value and value and value on Oladipo and Mitchell. So it really does depend in that situation. Jahan Zebali, who do you think will have a better season alongside Kemba, Malik Monk or Miles Bridges? Uh, Malik Monk, not, not really close to me in that opinion. Big Shot Bob, Josh, love all your hard work. Love you too, Big Shot Bob. Um, JaVale McGee, back again, JaVale. Thank you. Point system based on stat averages, meaning blocks and steals weigh more heavily because players average less of them and points only average 0.5 points per point scored. So basically you're looking, that's what the standard points category is. Three points for a block, three points for a steal, one point for a point. So you're talking about something like that, which is uh, that standard sort of DFS style scoring. Um, um K Cardi, what are you punting if you draft Embiid and Simmons? Threes? Probably threes. Free throw percentage, maybe. Embiid's an okay free throw shooter, but he's not a great one. So it's probably threes and free throw percentage there, I would say. Big Shot Bob, how confident do you feel about Joel Embiid this year? I'm in a league with double doubles and his value is top seven based on our league settings using your projections. Can I draft him ahead of LeBron? I feel okay about him injury-wise. I think that there is maybe a 20% chance that he actually plays more games than LeBron this season uh, with LeBron you know, taking taking a little bit easier and resting this season. Um, I'm pretty good with Embiid. Yeah, top seven is maybe a little bit of a reach. I guess it depends who else you're talking about there because there's Davis, there's Harden, there's Steph, there's KD, um, there's Jokic, there's Giannis. Yeah, who is the, who's the other guy there? Because I don't have LeBron as a top seven guy this season anyway. So I think there might be someone else that we, we might be missing out on in that area. But of course, you're looking at the projections with double-doubles. I hate double-doubles as a category. You know that. I've, I've talked about it a lot. But yeah, I don't have a problem with taking him in, in that spot is my, is my uh, I guess, long-winded answer. Dwayne M., stay away from Conley. Dwayne. Oh, no! Actually, the opposite. I've got Conley in nearly every one of my drafts that I've done. I'm confident that he's healthy. I'm confident that he's going to play pretty decent minutes. I'm not worried about his performance from last year because he was hurt when he was doing it. If you're getting him in the 50s, which you can in a lot of situations, this is top 30 upside for Conley. No problem. Now, if you're going to take a bunch of guys with injury questions, if you're going to get Blake Griffin, if you're going to get Mike Conley, if you're going to get Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, you probably don't want to pair all those guys up together. But I've got no problem with Conley this season. Brandon Miller, Lillard or Westbrook in an eight-cat dynasty? Huh. That, that is a tough one. Um, they've got, they're projected about the same for this season. I probably would take Westbrook personally, but it is pretty close, and it has come down to a personal preference. Flip Sanchez. Hello, Josh. Head-to-head, 14-teamer, third pick. Who do you pick? Assuming Davis and Harden are picked one and two. Carl Anthony Towns for me. Um. Quanton Soup, what do you think about Mitchell Robinson? I think he's going to be an excellent fantasy player. I think he's got a chance to be impactful this season. I think he's absolutely worth taking a look at with your last pick in a draft and just seeing how the Knicks use him from day one. Cantor's going to be the starter, but does Robinson come in and play 20 minutes a night? Because I shit you not, if Robinson plays 20 minutes a night from day one, he will be fantasy useful because he can come in and block two shots per game and have eight rebounds and shoot 60% from the field in 20 minutes per game. And that's already useful. So I love him as a late round pick. It may not work out, but you just drop his ass if that's the case. 
Shinji, hey Josh, will we be doing any more auction mock drafts? And if so, is there any way I can participate as a viewer? Shinji, I don't think I'm going to be doing any more auction mock drafts, but you never know. It doesn't seem likely at this point. Seb, do you see any rookies blowing up like Donovan Mitchell did last year? No, I do not. That was his performance and Victor Oladipo's improvement last season were two historical type performances. So I wouldn't be expecting those things to happen again. Floyd Ong, do you think there is a chance Bill Hernan Gomez sees decent minutes? Yes, absolutely. He is an efficient offensive scorer with strong rebounding numbers. He's competing with Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo. So yes, I think he's a 20-minute per game guy pretty much at minimum, and that could jump to 26 minutes per night. Kempi, Fultz or Dunn in a 12-team Roto category league. Sounds like Fultz has really worked on his shot, sure, but Dunn is a starter. He's locked in for 30-plus minutes. I would take Dunn over Fultz there. I really, really like Fultz, but if I'm looking at opportunity, I don't see Fultz as a 30-minute-per-game guy this season. I could be wrong, but I'd be uh, I'd be looking at um, I'd be looking at Dunn in that uh, situation. Um, Shinji, have you come up with any new nicknames for players for this upcoming season? Um I'm sure there's some that are going to come to me. We'll see. Oh, we'll, we'll unveil them as, as they happen. You already heard some of the rookie ones that I've put out there. Where would you take Dwayne Dedman? Brian Taylor. Is that you, BT? Um, would you, where would I take him? Uh, late. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about this ankle fracture. There's a possibility of a trade. He's a late pick at this point, but can help if you need blocks and field goal percentage. Um, where are we at? I can't pronounce that name because I, I don't even know what language that is. Is that... I'm sorry, I apologize. Is that is that Hebrew? I apologize. Who would you take with the sixth pick in a 12-team head-to-head nine-cat league, assuming Harden, Cat, Davis, Giannis are off the board? Well, that means that KD and Curry are there, so it's one of those two. Or someone else is gone because you, you said sixth, um, sixth pick and you've only given me four names off the board. So KD or Curry or Jokic, they're the three names there, and that's probably the order I would have them in. But if you are you know overly concerned with Curry, then put Jokic ahead of, uh, of KD. Um, um, who are we, else? Are we at here? Um, ignorant sniper. Where is Jimmy Butler getting traded to? I wish I knew. I don't have any inside information. I'm going to put my money on Miami at this point, and I am going to put my money on an Eastern Conference team, but I'm not certain about that. Can the future MVP Kyle Kuzma improve with LeBron on the team? I don't think so. Maybe his efficiency goes up. His efficiency was already way above what anyone could have expected from Kuzma last season. And he doesn't rebound, assist, steal, or block. He has a poor free throw percentage, and I think he's going to find his usage a little bit harder to come by. So I would be doubtful that that is the, uh, that that is the case for Kyle Kuzma this season. Guys, Locked On NBA, it never went away. It's still here for you every day. Locked On NBA is your national NBA podcast. Every Monday, get the local experts on the biggest stories. That's with me hosting it. And then stay with Locked On NBA all week long for daily 30-minute shows on everything going on in the NBA. Follow along for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and tell your, or tell your smart speaker to play the podcast Locked On NBA. All right. Back to your questions. Does Marshawn Brooks have any fantasy appeal from Jason Walshy Walsh? Um, it's tough there in Memphis with that starting shooting guard position. Okay, so we've got Conley, Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson or Jermichael Green and Marcus Gasol. They're your four starters. And then it's that starting shooting guard. Is it Dylan Brooks? Is it Marshawn Brooks? Is it Wayne Selden? Is it Garrett Temple? Is it Aaron Harrison? And that is just an absolute uh, platter of poo. But... Is there anyone there that stands out as good enough to get that role? Now, Marshawn Brooks was electric to end last season. He shot 50% from three. That's not going to continue. We're pretty clear about that. So there isn't a chance there, but there's just all these other guys that I just don't think that any of them are really going to be standard league players for this season. Matt Tejada, 
Hey, Josh, eight-team category league, Jamal Murray or Gaz Harris. Last year, someone asked me this on Twitter, um, and the first person to reply to that question was actually Jamal Murray, and he said, why not both? I said, fair point. Um, I'd probably have Jamal over Gaz this season, uh, but they're really, really bloody close. Um, Quanton Soup, would you prioritize Dunn or Tyreek? I would take Dunn. Will Mal- Kano wins. Will Malik Monk overtake Jez Lamb as the starting shooting guard? I worry about the defensive combination of Monk and Kemba. Uh, so I think Lamb is going to start over Monk in that position. Jonathan Wright, what is the best food to eat while watching basketball? Give me more of these questions, Jono. What is the best food to eat while watching basketball? Well, basketball is a different scenario here for me because I'm watching it during the middle of the day and it's not at night time. So what do I like uh, eating? Mm. I don't know. It's it's a good question. I, I think you want to eat uh, chips. I enjoy eating chips while I'm watching the games, but I'm also working at the same time. So let's go with uh, let's go with pizza and chips would be my um my bet. Um, Floyd Ong had a great auction draft. Your auction draft podcast helped a lot. Thanks, Floydo. Uh, Bill Hernan Gomez or Mitchell Robinson nine cat roto. Let's just take that flyer on Robo and, and see how it goes at the end of a draft. And again, you, on a roto, you can just sit sit his ass on the bench and see what happens. Kempi, where does Johnny Collins finish among centers in Roto category leagues? He will be a top 40 player, probably. Now, I don't really, I don't ever look at players and, and rank them based on where they're centers, but he's probably a top six or seven center, I would guess, by the end of the season. Jerry West, shout out to you, Logo. How worried are you about Westbrook? Four procedures on the same knee, scary. That's true. Last one was five years ago, though. Would you take Jokic or Embiid ahead of him? I would take Jokic ahead of him every day of the week. Embiid is, is a tough one. It's a, it's, it's a possibility. And I am a little bit worried about Russ. Um, I'm not worried about the fact that he's not going to come back because we know he comes back pretty quickly. But the last time he had this preseason knee problem, he came back, he rushed it. And then in December, he missed like 25 games uh, because that same knee flared up. So that's my worry there with Westbrook. So I would consider it with Embiid uh, and I would do it with Jokic, no doubt. Um, guys, questions coming in uh, all over the place here. Um, phew. Would you rather have Lonzo Ball or D'Angelo Russell this season? BT, I would uh, I would take um, I would take Russell personally. Baloki, would you trade As Gordon for the Baptist John Collins in a dynasty league? I think that I would. Yes, I drafted is James Harris. I drafted both Davis and Holiday in a slow draft points league. Didn't reset my queue. Would you try to move Drew early because of their playoff schedule or wait until later in the season? Well, I think if you can wait until later in the season, that's probably the best way to go. Get that value out of him now, then move on in January. I think that would be ideal. Um, Bugsy Moogs, Eagles or Pies? Who do I want to win? Or who do I think is going to win? I uh, Let's go with Collingwood because, you know, I don't actually give a shit who wins at this point. If my team's out, I do not care. But I know more people who are Collingwood supporters as opposed from West Coast supporters. So I'm going to take Collingwood there. Mark Knackpill, who do you pair with Jokic in the next two rounds of 12-team 9-cat Roto? Well, he's got most things covered, but you probably probably need a shot blocker there at some point. His blocks are okay, but they're not fantastic. So I'd be looking at someone like a Marcus Sol or a Marcus Aldridge. If somehow you can get Joel Embiid to fall to you, these are what you need. Now, he, he gets assists covered pretty nicely there early on, but you need shot blocking in one of those two rounds. MVP, MVP, fake name. Who would you take first, Chrissy Dunn or Jeff Teague? My name is Jeff. Um, it depends a little bit on my team. I'd probably, I don't even know where they're projected on my on my numbers at the moment. Let's have a quick look. I think we've got uh, where is I think I've got Teague ahead of Dunn. 
So let's uh, let's stick with that. And again, the, the possibility of Butler leaving probably leans a little bit more towards Artigo there as well. Shinji, how do you feel about cheese on hot dogs? Yeah, love it. Get it in there. I'm all about cheese, onions, pickles, bacon. Throw whatever you want on a hot dog. Isaac, is there a specific Z score you or Z score that you look to achieve with the cats that you're not punting? After drafting, I look at my teams projected to make the playoffs and try to build my team to beat. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. I agree with what you're doing there. If you get a Z score of two in those categories, you're going to beat the majority of teams. Now, it's not going to be possible to have Z scores of two in, say, seven or eight categories. If you get a four, you're almost unbeatable. Not necessarily 100% unbeatable. Um, but yeah, looking at two. Jez West. I read on the Jonathan that read that Jonathan Isaac is projected to start. How would you change his projection if he does get the starting nod? Well, I've got him at about 28 minutes per night at the moment. Over the last week or so, I've been bumping that up a little bit. I do think also he is going to start. Um, he's a clear top 100 guy at the moment, I think, and he's got the potential to push to a top 60 guy with those elite steals and blocks. And if the offense comes around, which it looks like it is starting to, I think he's going to be a monster this season. Um. Jerry West, is there a way to see what changes are made in the projections before the date? Besides the dates are up there, I know Ken's working on doing something like that, but at the moment there isn't. Chandon Singh, Shaq Harrison or Monty Morris, head-to-head categories. It's not even close to me. Shaq Harrison is probably going to be the starting point guard for the Phoenix Suns. Monty Morris is going to be picking fluff out of his ears on the bench for the majority of time in uh, in Denver. Devin Muhammad, at what pick would you take Cousins? Only after I've got all my active spots done and I'm picking for my bench. So probably, yeah, yeah, outside the 12-team league, outside the top 110, 115 sort of a zone. Um, JaVale McGee, Kevin Love or Paul George? Paul George. James C., could Kevin Love be top 20 this season? Yes, I believe he will be. Nico Hoffman, what do you think about Lonzo this season? I think that Lonzo is underrated by people. I think he's got top 30 potential. It's all going to come down to if he plays 30 minutes or 34 minutes per night. I do believe his percentages will go up this season as well. Will Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma ever be All-Stars? I'm going to say no on Kuzma. I feel pretty confident about saying no on Kuzma. Ingram, I'd say probably not as well. Tim Colville, Morrison or Turnbull? Turnbull, um, that's just, could you get a shitter selection of, of blokes there? Well, uh, one thing I'll say, at least it's not Dutton. Um, but yeah, pro- probably Turnbull. I don't know. Morrison is, is, is a real creep. They both are. I don't know. It, Australian politics is an absolute shit show. I and mean, I know you guys in America are going, <laughs> have you seen what's going on here? But our politics is, uh, is low-key bad as well. Jason Rodriguez, Kawhi Leonard or Victor Oladipo? Kawhi, not close to me. What is the difference in projections when someone is 101 versus someone who is 0.93? How do we prevent ourselves from getting caught up in the small differences? Well, being aware of it is the number one thing. And that is important to note that these things can change pretty quickly. Now, that's a decent enough change in in numbers that it is something to pay attention to. But when someone's got a difference in their overall value of you know, 0.5 or something, or something even you know, 0.05, like it's, it, it changes by you know, 2% field goals, at 0.2 steals, and that changes that number. So don't get too caught up in there. In the past couple of months, Shinji says, have you got any more tweets from angry Derek Rose fans or fans of that nature? No, because I'm trying not to engage in that shit as much anymore because it was just really doing my head in. So no, but I'm sure they're going to come at some point. Brian Taylor, Lonnie Walker, or Kevin Huerta? Give me Huerta. Um, yeah, look, I'm pretty pretty big on Huerta. I'm not that big on, on Walker. I think he's going to be an empty... I think he could be Andrew Wiggins, but worse, uh, if that gives you any idea of what I think his statistical profile is going to be. Um, where else are we here? Mason Boyce, what category should I punt if I 
have Kevin Love, Jim Harden, and Rudy Gobert. Huh. You're probably looking, okay, you got the really good threes from Harden and Love, strong rebounds from Gobert and, and Love. Um, your block numbers are there. Your field goal percentage, your Gobert's got a strong field goal percentage, but the other two don't. The other two have strong free throw percentage, but Gobert doesn't. You're probably actually you're probably looking at steals as a strong punt there. I would say that, and and of course turnovers, which is an auto punt. AJ Ong, should I take Delon Wright over Jaron Grant? I would take Jaron Grant because he's got a chance to start. Delon doesn't. ESPN thinks Tyler Eulis will average 1.8 blocks per game. Seb, you're wrong. They think he's going to average 1.6 blocks per game and six rebounds and 28 minutes per night, despite the fact that he just signed a training camp deal with the Warriors. So that is obviously horrendous. Um, Kempi, can you recommend a good fan tracks draft tutorial video? Well, I don't know about that, but Kempi, the mock draft head-to-head I'm doing later in the week is going to be on fan tracks, so you can see some of that stuff there. But you can uh, hit me up on Twitter if you want more questions uh, answered about the fan tracks. Isaac, why aren't meat pies more popular in the states? I don't know. Uh, they're okay. I don't. I don't love a meat pie. They're, they're all right, but I don't. I don't look at it and go, "It's a travesty." Why aren't people loving meat pies? I think they're fine. They're not that great. Um, Javale McGee, where should Capella get drafted? Top forty, I think, is probably probably right. Um, not a stand. What are your thoughts on Joshy Jackson? I didn't see him in the Ford rankings. That's because I don't think he's very good. I think his minutes are going to be restricted. Um, Trevor Ariza, TJ Warren, McCall Bridges, Josh Jackson. I, I think there's a legitimate chance that Jackson is the worst out of all those four guys. His shot selection is horrendous. Poor field goal percentage. Poor free throw percentage. Good numbers last year when Devin Booker and TJ Warren were out. But with everyone healthy, he's not going to get that usage. He and I just don't. I don't see it for him. I he's not for me. Kevin Lim, at what point do you see Wendell Carter Jr. starting? And if he does, what's his ceiling? His ceiling is top seventy, maybe higher. There, okay, I thought maybe we're talking about when Robin Lopez gets traded, maybe start of January. But at, at the, this point, the Bulls are coming out and saying, along with all the other misguided shit they're saying in their um, uh, media day stuff, is it it's an open composi- competition for that starting center spot. So draft Willie, uh, not Willie, draft Wendell Carter Jr. and see what happens. Because if he starts, he's bang on top 100 guy this season. Pretty pretty comfortable. Um, um, Let's have a look. Bugsy Moog says Butler is looking like a five-star ship bloke. Yeah, he is a ship bloke. I've been talking about this for two or three years. He is a ship bloke. Um, pretty clear on that. Where else are we at? Alan Show, Jonas. Jonas, that was terrible. Jonas Valanciunas or Ennis Cantor. Probably take uh, probably take Cantor there. Which Jerry West, which top 30 player has the highest chance to regress? I like that question. That is a strong question. So let's uh, let's have a look at that. Actually, just back to that Jeff T. Chris Dunn question from earlier. I was talking about you know where they've where they're ranked, and I had my uh, three point percentages as a category from an earlier question. So my uh, my answer there was incorrect. They're both ranked basically identically next to each other. So do you want uh, steals? Dunn will help you there. If you want threes, then Teague's going to be the guy. Um, so it, it does come down to it. So I apologize for that earlier answer. So which top thirty player has the, the biggest chance to regress? I think Victor Oladipo is a real chance. I know everyone's talking him up as oh, he looks even better than ever. But so much of his value came from out-of-control blocks and steals numbers. And there's such low volume that even like a 0.2, 0.3 drop per game in those categories can really impact your ranking. So I think that's a possibility for um, uh, for Vic. Uh, there's some regression there. Uh, who else do we look at as a top? I think Drew Holiday. If his field goal percentage drops, then his value is going to drop as well. So they're probably two of those guys that, that I look at who are projected as top 30 players who have the biggest chances uh, to regress in that sort of a situation. Um, Shinji, 
If you had to pick a restaurant to recommend in Melbourne to go to, where would it be? I went to Lucy Lou on the weekend. That was really, really nice. I recommend that a lot. I like going to Tetsujin, Japanese barbecue. Uh, that's a pretty strong restaurant. Went to Tonka not that long ago, Indian place in Flinders Lane. Super Normal was really good. Uh, Nobu is pretty strong. Um, these are all places I've gone to probably the last six months or so. So quite a, quite a number of, uh, of restaurants that I've been to. Patrick Ravelo, how much stock do you place on drafting players on tanking teams who might sit players throughout the season to improve their draft position? I did zero. I don't really pay attention to it. The change in lottery weighting is going to really reduce that. You know, flat odds for the top few teams, uh, reduced percentages for those you know, and lottery for the top four. Now, I don't think it's going to be too much of a of a concern really at all for this um for this season. Looks like my internet's gone out, but I'm still recording. Uh, for you guys, and still some questions to get to. I'll be back in a second. Brian Taylor, BT, you're killing it today. Will Kyle Anderson this season have similar stats to Tyreek Evans last season? Absolutely 100% not. He is not a scorer. He is not a high usage player. He is a guy that will get steals, assists, rebounds, blocks, and do it efficiently. Completely different to what Tyreek Evans offers. Chandon Singh, I like this one. This is deep. Are Christian Wood and Jonah Bolden holds in uh, Dynasty head-to-head leagues? I think Bolden more so than Wood. Wood probably doesn't even make the roster this season, but but Bolden is someone to uh, to hold. Big shot, Bob. Where should we target Luka Doncic this season? I think top seventy is probably realistic for him, um, and, and should be able to main, maintain that value. Um, where are we? How important are percentages? No, actually, I've gone to I'll go back there. Um, do, 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 do. What does Ben Simmons' foul shot percentage look like? What percentage do you feel in hack them territory? Uh, I think he's going to be close to 65 to 70% this season. I feel pretty confident with Simmons' free throw shooting, this, uh, free throw percentage this season. AJ Ong, I took Mitchell Robinson over Munro, Quinn, Jeng, right move, uh, 100% the right move. Munro, not an every night part of the rotation. O'Quinn, the same thing. Gorgie Jeng, really, really limited. Yeah, absolutely Mitchell Robinson there. Uh, Millsap or Randall from Seb, Randall. Best second round point guard in nine cat head to head, Johnny Wall. Um, Adrian Baloki, what's your thoughts on Drummond feeling pretty confident to start shooting trays from day one? I talked about that earlier, Adrian. I think it's going to drop his um, uh, rebounding numbers and his field goal percentage numbers. Big shot, Bob. How important are percentages when evaluating a player versus the counting stats of that player? Well, in Roto, it's really important. It's more important there, but it's important in all leagues, depending on how what your build looks like and what you're doing in terms of um, your, um, your 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 punt strategy. So it is important. In head-to-head, there's more weekly fluctuation in those percentages, so probably not quite as important in that uh, in that sort of area. Um, Jerry West, I think your live stream went offline. It did, Jerry. I don't know why it has uh, it has gone offline there, so I do apologize for that. But that, that'll wrap it up for today's show because, again, it's, uh, it's dropped out. So apologies for that, for this uh, shitty internet. Guys, um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn Stitcher, and on Spotify. And follow me on Twitter at RedRock underscore B-Ball. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Enes Cantor.